Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked. But the angel said, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. Well, good morning and welcome to our Resurrection Sunday service. Uh, it's great to be able to gather with you. Uh, in, I'm glad that I'm joining with you in your homes and, and um, I hope you, you are challenged today as we remember again the overcoming power of Jesus Christ in our lives and in our world. Uh, today, um, as we start off, I just want to share a real quick story about someone who I suppose his Easter experience wasn't as good. Uh, there was this little boy and he was out the front of his place and he was grabbing his arm when his mate showed up a few days after Easter. And he, his friend sort of looked at his, his, his mate sort of like grimacing and he goes, oh, what, what's, what happened to you? And he, the, the little boy sort of, sort of pulled up his, the sleeve of his arm and showed off this huge bruise on his arm. And that being the case, he, his friend sort of went just really confused, like, how, what, 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 how did you get that on your arm? That's massive. And the little boy sort of quite matter-of-factly sort of said, oh, I, I ate some Easter chocolate. Again, his friend is confused by what's going on. He says, eating Easter chocolate would not do that to your arm. And the little boy sort of looking down at his feet said, well, it would if you eat your, your brother, big brother's Easter chocolate. And today we celebrate um, Jesus, that the fact that Jesus is alive. Amen? But because of the resurrection of Jesus, we too have the power to change. And you may be thinking, I don't have the power to change anything. I don't have power to change my habits. I don't have power to change my, my attitudes. I don't have power to, um, to, and to change my marriage or other relationships. I don't have the, the will to sort of... Um, to forgive those who have hurt me. I, I don't have the, the, the strength to, to love my enemies. I don't have the power to live the life that Jesus wants me to live. And I don't know if I have the power to change my life. And so I want to start off with a, a bit of bad news, good news. The bad news is you don't have the power to change. Now, straight away, I can see there might be two camps in this area because what happens, you have those people that, like, they might be on the negative slope. Some of you might be right down at the bottom of that hill on that negative slope. And so straight away, when you hear me say, I don't have the power to change, all of a sudden it confirms all, all the worries and fears that you've ever had in your life. I knew it. I knew I couldn't change who I am. I knew I'm stuck with being who I am. And Pastor Keith has just confirmed it. You're not worried about your cup being half full. You actually think that your cup has been stolen altogether. So that's one camp. The other camp, I can imagine some of you are out there hearing this and you've got a little bit of a gleam in your eye because all of a sudden you've heard me say, the pastor of the church has said, I don't have the power to change. And straight away, you might be looking around where you are right now and thinking, and you may even want to say it, 
Mum and Dad, Pastor Key says, I don't have the power to change, so I think you should give up. Maybe some of your husbands are thinking the same thing, but that's not what I was intending. Whether you're on the depressed side or the negative side, or whether you are on the elated side when you hear that statement like that you don't have the power to change, that's not what I'm meaning. Because the thing is, our bad, the bad news flows into good news. Because it is true, we don't have the power to change. But that is why we need a saviour. And as a result of the resurrection, every person who has received Jesus into their life has now has the power of God within them, not only to change their life, but to live victorious and abundant lives. And that is what Easter is all about. In the New Testament, a man who actually persecuted Christians then experienced a radical life change through an encounter with Jesus um, said this in Philippians 3.10. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection. So Paul understood that um, where he had come from to where he was now, it is all because of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. But it wasn't something he just wanted for himself to make his life easier. He wanted it for those around him as well. And we see that in Ephesians 1, 19 to 20. I also pray that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Think about that. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead and now gives him the ability and the authority to rule over the universe is available to you and to me. Think about that for a second. This is the power that's available to us. Yet so often we get stuck in the trap of I can't change, don't want to change, I'm going to live in that position. When we talk about Easter today, we're going to be talking about the resurrection power that is there for us. So what, what is resurrection power? What is it all, all wrapped up to be? Well, I want to look at three areas this morning that, that sort of shape what the resurrection power is wanting to do in our life. First of all, it is the power to cancel out um, your past, present and future sins. Anyone here ever wanted to have a do-over on something? Maybe 2020 would be an example of that. God, just take us back to the end of 2019 and let's let's go over it again. Like um, maybe even push it back to Christmas and I'll make sure I, I buy the better presents. Let's just let's just do it over. But some for some of us it might be things that we've done in our lives, we'd love to have another go at that and sort of rectify mistakes and failures and, and sins that we've committed. It would be great to be able to have that ability. But when we talk about the resurrection power, it's not about going back and making things right. Because I know many of us would sort of love to get to the point, I wish I could do, start over. But the problem is it's not with starting over. It's, it's the fact that we are carrying the burden of the things that we have done in our lives. See, the weight of our sin and the consequence of that sin as well is always wrapped up in our lives. And that is what Jesus came to do. He sort of said, my resurrection power is to set you free of your sin. Okay, it's not just to make you a good person. I want to set you free of the consequence of that. God says it's unnecessary for us to walk with that burden around our necks. We, we don't have to bear the, the load of heavy guilt and hurts and, and painful old memories. Listen for a moment to what happened as a result of the death and resurrection of Jesus, as Paul puts it. This is in Colossians 2, 13 to 14. You were dead because of your sins 
and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave us all our sins. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. Now, a couple of things I want to pull out of that verse. First of all, we were dead and then God made us alive. Because of the resurrection power of the cross, Jesus not only came back to life, but he has now given us the ability to come from death to life. And he forgave some of our sin, most of our sin. No, all of our sin. He forgave all of our sin. He cancelled the record that was held against us. I'm not sure if anyone listening today have ever had any anything from, I suppose, late fees on, on a, um, credit cards or, or late fees on library b- borrowing um, or for those who are really old, maybe um, uh, late fees on videos that you've hired out before. Maybe some of you got tickets sort of that, that a bit of a, a record with um, tickets that you've got or, or other speeding sort of infringements. The thing is, Everything we have done sort of is is exposed to God. But God says, I want to cancel the record of the charges against you. I want to cancel it. There's going to be no more cost, no more penalty for what you've done. And he's done it by nailing it to the cross. See, when it comes to the cross, the last words Jesus said was, it is finished. He did not say it was started. He wasn't saying, I've got a lot of it done. He wasn't saying, I'll be finished soon. He said, it is finished. And so the cross actually has the ability to take all of our sin and clear the record that is held against us. Um, God offers complete forgiveness. He says it cancels the record, all records against us. And, and the Bible actually uses words like blot out, wipe out, washed away, cancelled. It means our sins are not only forgiven, but they are forgotten. Now, some of you might sort of be a bit perplexed by that, how can God forget what we have done? How can the one that knows everything forget anything? Well, unlike um, maybe um, people that you've sort of, you've forgotten birthdays for or, or you've forgotten to do something for that you promised, God actually doesn't forget anything. He actually chooses to not remember. He makes a choice to see us totally as a new creation. It doesn't mean he doesn't know the sins we've committed. He just doesn't come to rub it in our faces that we've done it. He didn't come to condemn us, but he came to save us from our sins. Now, some of you may remember those old etch a that used to be around. They're probably around in different forms these days, but they were the kind of toy that you had that you could draw a picture on and you could use little knobs and sort of create different things. And then when you were done, you could shake it and wipe the slate clean. We never had one in our house. I think one of the major reasons was, well, probably most of my growing up life, my, my, the four older boys, it would have been something that we would have ended up fighting over. Uh, it would have been something that you would, I would have drawn this masterpiece and all of a sudden someone would have come along and then shaken it up and it would have just, I would have had to start again. So easy to wipe it away. But on the flip side, when it comes to our sin before God, that's a great thing to actually have that picture in the sense that all of a sudden we can come before God and he shakes up our life and he wipes away our sin. And what's the basis of this kind of forgiveness in our life? Well, Romans 8.1 puts it this way. There is uh, therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, one of the, he, as I said before, he said, it is finished. It is finished. And, and another way you can put that is it is paid in full. 
the debt that we have against us is paid in full. And that's where we get the word redeemer from. My redeemer lives. The one that actually has paid my debt is our redeemer. The one that actually sets us free is our redeemer. God says that what Jesus did on the cross, he paid for every sin that we have ever committed. He stamps it paid in full across each one and there is no condemnation for us. He's cancelled our sins um, and failures from our past. And so we are able to have the power to overcome that. But he also gives us the power to have our new identity. And our identity says who we are. And we can base our identity on lots of different things. Some of them can be very temporal. It can be our work, our hobbies. It can be where we went to school, um, what we wear, um, what we have, even who we are married to. Now, I'm sorry, for most of um, the wives out there, your identity probably drops a little bit because of your husband. Um, whereas most of our husbands, I think, you know what, our identity bumps up a bit, again a, a bit of our wives. Our better half pushes our identity up a bit. But on, on, in addition to this, our world is full of broken identities. We have people who are divorced. We have people with health issues. Um, we have people with addictions. We have people who are poor, people who are not smart enough, people who are unwanted, people who are unloved. And all of a sudden, they use these experiences to define who they are. And identities are so much about what we do and what we've done, both our successes and our failures and what others have done to us. And all you need is your failures to get a little bit more than your successes or to have what other people think of you become more prominent in your life. And all of a sudden, your identity becomes something that you don't value too much at all. Because Jesus conquered sin and death, we don't have to be defined any longer by our sinful failures, our past mistakes, or even what others think about us. Our identities can now be shaped by God's success. Now, listen to that, because all of a sudden, God's success defines who we are. Now, that becomes really important, because when does God fail? Never. God always gets us right every single time, at the right time, right place, at the right level. God is always successful. And we see that in the death and resurrection of Jesus. God is all about success. He is victorious all the time. And so because of that, we actually see that um, God's success is conquering our sinful failures and the ability to give us new life. Now, look at the words that God used to describe us as he gives us a new identity. Friend of God, blessed, loved, new creation, saint, disciple. And here's one of my favorites from John 1.12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Do you hear that? I'm a child of God. Out of his grace, he has adopted me and he desires to adopt you into his family. And he wants us to call him father. That's our new identity. We are his child and he is our dad. Now, what this means is that you can let go of any image of yourself that is not from God. You can stop accepting what others have said about you, what you say about yourself, labels that you have attached to your life and, and, and have let define you. And you can start believing what God says about you. You are his child and he is your father. And that is how he defines you. 
When you are a child of God, you are not defined by feelings. You are not defined by opinions. You are not defined by your circumstances. You are not defined by your successes and your failures. You are not defined by the car that you drive, the home that you live, how much money that you make. You are defined by God and by God alone. And he identifies you as his own. The thing is, if you don't know who you are, you do become vulnerable to what other people think of you. But here is the truth. You are who God says you are, and no one else gets to say in the matter. Because of the power of the resurrection, you are now identified with Christ, and he has given you a new identity. But because of the resurrection power, it's, it's also the power to fill you with the strength to face the challenges of each day. Here is one of the most powerful truths you'll ever hear about Jesus, because we're not only saved from his death, but we're also saved by his life. That means the risen Jesus now lives in us through the Holy Spirit. His divinity inhabits our humanity. And that means that we can face each day with the strength of the risen Saviour. As I said at the beginning, the bad news, good news is that we can't do it without Jesus. And Jesus said, I know that, so I'm going to be with you every day. Regardless of what happens to you, whatever difficulties you might face, whatever curveball life might throw at you, you have the power to stand and face it. And here's something I've learned about life. It is unpredictable. Life is, is good one day, terrible the next, mediocre the day after, and then it repeats. You can feel like you're soaring at one moment and crisis mode the next. Uh, life is full of stress, heartache, disappointment, setbacks, trials, and tragedies, as well as the victories that we enjoy in life. How in the world can we face these twists and turns and roadblocks and even life-altering dead ends it is because of the power of Christ in our lives sustaining us and sometimes carrying us with his grace and power. Listen to what Paul said in Romans 8.11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That means the Holy Spirit, the one who was involved in creation, the one who was involved in Pentecost like a mighty rushing wind, the one who raised Jesus Christ from the dead has been given to you for daily life. How can that be? We, well, we serve a, a resurrected Saviour who still operates in resurrection power, just as he did then, but also today. And he promises to fill you with the same power to give you um, your strength and face the challenges of each day. So what does the resurrection mean for you today? For some people, it's just an ancient event, a reason to have a four-day weekend, a reason to go away fishing or camping, except for this year. But that's what I can tell you. The tomb is empty and no one's home. He's not there. Christ is alive. And this is the question I have for you today. Do you desire a change in your life, a resurrection power change? Because he is alive and he wants to give you the power to change if we want to receive it. You can't do it alone. We can only do it by his power. We need him in our lives. Some of you need to let go of the failures and the mistakes. And Jesus Christ offers forgiveness and grace. He promises to cancel your sins and wipe them uh, off your record. He offers you a chance to start over. Some of you might feel like failures. Um, our loser, a husband, or even never was. Maybe your identity is wrapped up in, in what you have done or what has been done to you. God offers you a chance of a new identity. 
He wants to bring you into his family and give you a new title, accepted, forgiven, loved, a child of God. And some of you, you might feel powerless over the challenges you are facing right now. Not just what's happening around the world, but maybe right in your individual life, maybe in the life of your family. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. What if you had the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? The resurrection power of of God in your life, giving you peace, giving you strength, giving you the power to face those issues head on, the power to change your situation. The resurrection means that no situation is too hopeless. No problem is too big. He is still in the resurrection business that he started over 2,000 years ago as he is today. And he has the power to change your life. I pray that you are willing to, to look at the empty tomb in those that framework today, to let God come and ex- examine your life and go, this is where I need you, God. This is where I'm, I'm doing it in my own power and I'm not doing it in the resurrection power that you have promised me. So I pray that you'd be challenged today as we remember Easter. Let's just pray together. Lord, we thank you that the work that you started on the cross um, continued through um, rising again from the, from the tomb. You are continuing today in our lives. You do not want to leave us uh, in our own abilities, our own strength. You've promised to be there with us and to walk with us and to, to help us overcome. And Lord, I pray that we would know the, the power of change that is promised through your resurrection power that we would know that we are fully forgiven, that we are accepted before God, that our records are clean. I pray that our identity would be based in who you are and what you have done. And Lord, I pray also that you would give us the power to know your strength each day as we face the different challenges that come our way. I pray for the mums and dads who are out there. I pray for those in their workplace. I pray for our students and our young people as they face the different challenges that are before them. And Lord, in so doing, I pray that they would overcome daily through the strength that you provide them. I thank you that you're a God that never quits and that we, our life is based on the success that you have had, which means we will not fail either, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for what you want to keep showing us. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Well, I hope you uh, continue to have a great uh, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Um, Please, if you haven't had a chance to to have any worship this morning, uh, please do that as you um, continue to um, enjoy this day. And we'll catch up with you in the coming week. Thank you. Bye now.